With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Football Function Podcast right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, any other podcasting platform that you prefer. Also available on Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. Joining me on today's episode, we do have a very special guest here in studio, but as usual, my humble co-host, student of the game, Terry Menefield. Terry, how you doing? What's up, my man? I am doing well, doing super well, especially because of this weather that we've got going on, and it feels so good. It's cuddle weather. It's that, it's that uh, make my grass a lot greener weather, you know what I mean? But yeah, other than that, man, I, I hope the, the funkies out there are ready for a banger because we, like Mike said, we got, a, we got a special guest in studio. I'm ready to dive into it. What about you, man? I'm definitely ready for sure. Uh, it's been a long week. Obviously, we didn't have an episode later yeah. in the week like yeah. we typically do our second episode, but there's good reasons behind that. Obviously, you refed your first game of the I season, did, man. How was that? It, it was it was awesome. It was it was uh, you know kind of nerve wracking because it was it was kind of a, a faster pace of game that I'm kind of used to refing. Uh, it was it was Hereford versus Lubbock, um, Lubbock Cooper, I think it was. Really, I think so. I think that's who it was. I just, I just remember seeing the Lubbock on there. I didn't remember which Lubbock team it was. But, yeah, there was just a lot of fast pace. It was a lot of uh, uh, no huddle. So, I mean, as as a back there, back there, you're trying to read your keys, trying to make sure the defense have 11, all this other jazz, and they're just, just going. And then that's my first – that was my first game just jumping into it. I was like, damn, this is this is what I shouldn't have shown up for. This shit was too fast paced. But, you know, I got it. I got the hang of it towards the end of it and – and uh, it was it was pretty fun. It was pretty it was pretty fun. So do you have some missed calls? Like I had a lot of missed calls. It was it was towards um, towards the end where um, the game was way out of hand. Lubbock kind of ran away with the with the with the game, but uh, um, towards the end, Hereford fans were getting a little get a little rowdy, and there was a pass interference near the goal line that I let slip by because the game was so out of hand. I was like, bro, we're ready to get. It's already been like three hours at this point. Let's get the hell out of here. And then no, dude, it was. Crowd, oh, bro, if you saw, you throw the game. You know, I heard it all. First game. Already first game makes Gotta you feel. Got to build that thick skin, son. Makes you feel warm and welcome. Yeah, I'm ready for it. It ain't nothing to me. But speaking of warm and welcome, we do have a guest, like I mentioned, joining us on today's episode. Yeah. Thomas Menares, my cousin. Yes, actually, sir. Washington Family. Commanders fan. 
we're going to continue the State of the Franchise series, talking about those commanders. So, oh, Thomas, yeah. thank you so much for joining, coming in studio, our first in-studio guest yes, here on sir. the podcast. So we're definitely looking forward to this interview. But how you doing? Uh, doing good. Um, thank y'all for having me. Absolutely, Billy. Um, been listening since day one of these podcasts, all the way back in last year's off season. Um, getting a lot of useful knowledge out of you guys. <laughs> you ain't got to lie, Craig. You no, ain't I, got I to lie. I can, can remember some crazy calls, especially from you, Terry. <laughs> um, last year with Derrick Henry. Shit happens, bro. You, um, I get lucky every now and then. Called the touchdown pass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Do a touchdown pass that same week. So really? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? See, I don't even remember that. Honestly, there's yeah, definitely I some things. I forgot, too. Some things that slipped through the cracks, but definitely appreciate you listening, yeah, obviously, no doubt, man. finally sure. getting you on. Definitely been something that's been in the making for a long time, and we'll definitely get you back on, obviously, now that you've come in studio, you're going to see how things operate and all that good stuff, so we definitely appreciate you taking the time, but before we get into the Washington Commanders team right now, just kind of fill the listeners in, what was it that drove you to this team whenever they were formerly known as the Redskins? Obviously, you're wearing your Redskins beanie right now. Yes, they're representing. What made you start liking this franchise? Um, so, growing up, um, my grandpa was a big Cowboys fan. So, watching a lot of them <laughs> games. And um, it was around the time when uh, Sean Taylor had passed. And I kind of like when that happened and we put – well, at the time I wasn't a fan of him, but – they put uh, 10 guys on the field and did everything. And I started kind of rooting for them. And then eventually falling into it with um, – we had Jason Campbell. Yeah. Um, you know, Clinton Portis. Um, Santana Moss. Santana yeah, Moss. Chris Cooley. It was Great definitely roster. some names that I started picking up on. And then eventually just, you know, about 2012 or 2013, fully engulfing into being a Washington Redskins fan at the time. And then with the transition to – the Washington football team, and then now the commanders seeing a big change. It's been tough, obviously. I mean, it's something that we've never had to experience. I mean, Terry, technically, because he'll kind of you know go from team to team every now and I'll then. I'll jump but, wherever I want to jump. But <laughs> as far as like a true, like, you've liked the same organization for all these years, but the identity's changed. You have all this, you know, negative outside influence coming in just because, you know, things that have happened, you know, in the front office and all that stuff. Now that all that's over and you're finally here with a new organization, you guys are going forward, are you excited to obviously put all that behind you and go forward as a Commander fan? But what's that process been like, just you know, having to switch your team's mascot pretty much? Uh, definitely excited for, the, for moving on, getting it past everything. Um, other fans, especially in our NFC East yeah. division, they are – Talking a little smack. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Um, definitely some some names out there, but some haters. Oh, yeah. You know, we go ahead and throw a touchdown over one of our <laughs> East rivals. You know, we're gonna go ahead and command their field too. Yeah, so, like I, yeah. I like that. That's what I like to hear because I mean I'm pretty excited, obviously, just because I, I I like change, but I like it being like in a positive way. You know, I don't yeah. like just change for change. The the Washington football team they had to get past that because they were in that. It was clear it was like a temporary holding space, yeah. you know, just being called the football team. Yeah, how long can you last being called that? Eventually the commanders will stick, I believe. But one thing that's going to make sure that happens, obviously, is winning. Winning Dubs. makes everything look good, including uniforms. You know, you guys got new uniforms as well. They do look nice on the field. Obviously, that helmet, it's like a, a flat maroon with that maroon face mask. 
definitely something that is uh, trending in like the way teams have been getting new uniforms in the past. So I'm a fan of what you guys are doing there. But, I mean, other than Sean Taylor, because that is someone who you mentioned kind of drew you there. I'm who, glad you did, too, because he's one of my favorites out of that yeah, organization. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. we could have a whole podcast definitely, about Sean definitely. Taylor. But who's your favorite Redskin besides him? Or, commander? yeah, commander, football team. You can go way back. It really doesn't matter. Who's someone that, you know, you're, I guess, that comes to mind whenever you think, this is one of my favorite players? That is a tough question. If you could narrow it down. Um. I don't know. I mean, it does, even though he is new, it definitely would be Terry McLaurin. Yeah, he's a good one. Um, just for the fact that he's mature on and off the field. He's, um, with, even with his contract situation, like, he wanted to get out there, but he knew that, you know, you got you to gotta secure your financial uh, situation before you can go in. And yeah, definitely. Risk on your last year of play. Um, it would, I would probably say him. Um, yeah. Would just be my favorite Washington um, commander, football team, Redskin player. Yeah, it's easy to, uh, to I guess, hit your wagon to somebody who's, like, constantly making plays like that. Somebody who's, like, good off the field, doesn't really bring any, like, negative publicity. Just got a new contract, so you know he's going to be there for the long haul. But speaking of, you know, the Washington football team commanders, I'm looking forward to talking about this <laughs> offense just because it does look pretty good on paper. I will say, obviously, it all, it all depends on Carson Wentz. That's kind of the trend that we've been talking about with a lot of these teams is that the team looks pretty damn good, but it's all about the quarterback position. Carson Wentz has already had a little bit of like some low lights in the preseason. You don't want to make too big of a deal of that, but obviously it's something that you have to kind of think about like, damn it, you know, like, come on, you, you want to see a little bit like – I guess better of a start in the preseason. What with what limited time they have, you know, yeah. whenever he gets a full game, you know he's going to end up making some plays. But you want it to kind of, you know, for sure be more good outweighing the bad. But other than that, I'm a big fan of the running back you guys drafted, Brian Robinson. He he's listed right here at third string. I doubt that that's going to be the case going into the season. Yeah, for sure, he, like he definitely did. second string man. I'm a fan of this whole running back room though. Yeah, like as the season progresses, for sure, I think he's going to end up working his way into that starting lineup. But even past him, you know, you guys uh, brought in Andrew Norwell at the guard position. I do like that, especially coming from a team like us who the left guard position is just – it's a shit show for sure. So so seeing a, a proven starter like Norwell who's gotten several big contracts, that's definitely going to be a pretty nice nice fit there. You did lose Brandon Sheriff in free agency. That's going to be a little bit of like a, you know, I guess wash because you lose an all-pro guard, you get one in return. But the receiving core, that's where the, the hope really comes into play because it could be what makes Carson Wentz look better than what he is or end up reaching that level that, you know, he's reached in the past, like yeah, 2017 or whatever. We've seen him play good football. Mm -hmm. There's no shortage of weapons. Look at it. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, De'Ami Brown. I mean, Dax Mill and also Cam Sims. I mean, there's depth. You're, you're not going to see a lot of those later guys, but still, I mean, from a – one, two, and three perspective. They're unlocked. Pretty solid wide receiver core. Is that definitely. your favorite part of the team? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, At least the offense for sure. I mean, during preseason, haven't really seen much of a passing game, but with the running game. Um, this past week, Brian Robinson did take all the practice snaps and started the game with the starters as well as nice. um, Antonio Gibson was on third street. And that was the game with, versus the Chiefs? Versus the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Um but, no, I'm uh, definitely a fan of Brian Robinson's game. He's putting his shoulder down, his head down, and he's just not falling backwards when he gets yeah. hit. He's always falling forward. 
Yeah, that's something I liked about him in the pre-draft process, kind of just watching him. And I kind of compared him a little bit to DeMarco Murray just in that, you know, whenever you're looking at somebody pre-draft, you kind of just see who does he remind you of. Now, the thing that separated him and Murray, I guess you could say, was just the pure straight speed. But when you look at running between the tackles, the physicality, a little bit of the build as well, you know, not that far off of a comparison. I think you guys are going to get some pretty good production out of him. But Definitely. from the defensive side, though, Montez Sweat, he's somebody you know what you're going to get. He was a first-round pick in 2019, and then you go in 2020 and get him a running mate in Chase Young. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, two former teammates from Alabama, they obviously continue to be teammates. First-round picks, respectively, in 17 and 18. So full first-round picks, that defensive line. It's oh. one of the most loaded defensive lines in the league. Ooh. Whenever you talk about on paper, this, I mean, all these guys have potential to be pro bowlers, you know? So that's something that I guess you shouldn't take for granted and uh, you should definitely appreciate, especially in that yeah, division. Yeah, enjoy it while you have it, definitely. Cause, yeah, because there's other teams in that division. The Giants have always have a good front seven. They don't really have one right now, but clearly with the Thibodeau pick, obviously, for those who don't know, he did. He got a little banged up today with that cut block by the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals, but he does look Chop all right, block. at least from what I've heard. Looks like he's in positive spirits on the sideline. Yeah, but, I was about to say, didn't you say he was on the sidelines? Yeah. Around and, but they've obviously made investments, you know, to try to build up the trenches as well. Dallas Cowboys getting Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn. I already know that's what he wants to do is, you know, to build a solid front. You guys already have that. You know, even the linebacker core with Yamin Davis and who's the other one right there? Holcomb. Cole Holcomb. Yeah, Cole Holcomb. So not a bad front seven for sure. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, yeah, definitely can. Um... Um, even with the defense, um, they're going to do what they got to do as well as last year. But, you know, with the offense, our division isn't hard to win this yeah. year. Um, with uh, the Cowboys being riddled with injuries in their receiving room right now. Um, Eagles upgrading, so that's definitely would see my bigger bigger threat. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah, anybody can win our division, even the Giants as well. Um, so there's real optimi- optimism yep. about, you know, anybody can have it. Anybody can take this if they want it. 
watching a lot of the games last year, there was a not a glaring or like a bright, uh, um, you know, hole in in the defense. But it's got to be the secondary. That's got to be the the biggest problem. Um, and I haven't been seeing much upgrade or hearing a lot of. Is that is that something that, that scares you? I mean, the Giants or the the Eagles are loaded. They have a track team on that offense. Is that is that kind of scare you a little bit? Yeah, our uh, defensive back room is definitely our biggest hole. We have uh, we like to do a little bit of um, buying older DBs that have yeah. really start out on their start out on their old teams, and now um, coming to us, they're not going to be in their old form. It's like William Jackson, and we had um, yeah, guys, yeah, guys a little and, past their peak a little bit. Uh, so that's just our real big even problem. Landon Collins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a few young guys that are learning under them. But that's my big thing is um, if our DBs can't cover for three seconds, our defense alignment is out of the question anyways. So. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder. Um, I don't remember. Was Hamilton available when you guys picked, or did he get oh, he sniped? He was, but we traded back. Yeah. And that's when the t- uh, Saints took Chris Olave and then – Kyle Hamilton was chosen. So he went like right before you guys, right? Or Kyle Hamilton went right after. Right. Oh, so so you guys, so he was on the board. Yes. And then, okay. Because that he would look nice back there if you're talking about like building your own secondary, like kind of you know from the ground up, right. Just with your own players, that's definitely something that I would um, you know, I would have done. But hey, you know, Dotson could be exactly what you need. You know, especially you know already having McLaurin there, he needs a running mate. So getting somebody who's sure-handed. Like Dotson, and you know he's going to be making plays. So I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field this year. But what are your expectations just going into the season? Like, do you expect? Because I mean, I'll be honest. Like with, with with me, I don't have high expectations for my team. You know, I'm kind of going into it, so I'm hoping that I get blown away. I'm hoping that like my what I'm expecting ends up being wrong because it's been like this before. Like there's been 2016, we lost Week One to the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston led Buccaneers, and I remember thinking like, man, this. This isn't going to be that great of a year. We ended up going to the Super Bowl that year, you know. Yeah. So it's you really never know. Whenever you have pretty low expectations, or at least you know in, in my recent history, things tend to work out. It's, it's the years that I go into the season with like really high expectations, and I'm you know pretty confident that down. that shit doesn't go too well. You know yeah. and that's happened all too many times. So I will say <laughs> it does feel good going into this season knowing that like I don't have that like pressure of like oh man like Matt Ryan's late in his career, Julio Jones. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Like no, we know what it is. You know it. It sucks we have a couple players that are, like, straight-up pro bowlers, like, all pro, like, in their prime right now. Right. With A.J. Trail, Kyle Pitts. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to just waste that window where they're, you know, playing their best football of their career. But, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, this it is happens. a This it is happens. a multiple-year rebuild. That's what I said kind of once I started, like, soaking in the Drake London pick. I was like, man, this is – it's a multiple-year thing. Like, we're going to get this weapon right here. We're going to use him, and next year we're going to get our pass rusher. You know, we're going to kind of build another piece. But anyway, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> what are your expectations going into the season? Um, I definitely do see us winning our division and going Hell to the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Um, Claim that shit. I mean, Carson Wentz is going to do what he's going to do. He, throw, he throws touchdowns, but he doesn't throw interceptions. Like, he's not going to really give you 40 touchdowns, but he's only going to give you, you know, six or seven interceptions for a season, which yeah. is what we've always been horrible at on our offensive side. We've always turned over way more than getting anything on defense. Um, I like that. But I do see our um, our team – um, I think right now we do have the same odds as the Cincinnati Bengals last year 
to win the Super Bowl. Really? Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't really say much, but it's just saying, you know, anything's possible. Anything's yeah, possible. Yeah. I mean, look where they're at. I mean, the NFC is wide open. It really is. I know there's a couple teams more, you know, at the top that are a lot better, like, suited to make a run, but... I mean, you can. I mean, it's just one game. You know, you can get off somebody in one game for sure. And I've seen it happen before. You guys are strong in areas that you really want to be strong at. Just it's where Terry kind of highlighted that secondary. Teams are going to, like whenever you guys play teams with really good offensive lines, that's where it's going to be kind of like tough for the defense, I guess, hold up. But it all depends like schematically what you guys can do. Looking up here, let's see Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator. So he's definitely been around the block. Definitely. He should know how to handle a defense that's built the way your defense is built. But we can go ahead and put a pin in the Washington Commanders there. And I actually wanted to break something out here. My uh, running back one, one through 32 list. Let's hear it, bud. So you, I, I know to, you've been holding on to that thing for a minute. So I have, it's about yeah. time we get that. It's out been of. long enough to where I'm like looking at it like shit. I want to reshuffle a little bit. And I did kind of plug a little bit of, you know, players in at different spots. But, anyways, I'm just going to rip through this bad boy. Let's hear it, bro. And uh, go 32. Yeah, 32 to 1. So good luck trying to go through here. Number 32, Elijah Mitchell from San Francisco. I've already seen highlights of a rookie running back they drafted. I can't think of his name off the top of my head that was making some plays. In their most recent preseason game, I think they might have played the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, it's just hard for me to rank whenever you're talking about individual running backs. It's hard for me to rank a San Francisco running back extremely high just because, I mean, they're they're part of a, a specific offense that's tailor-made to make damn near anybody rush for like a 1,000 yards or anything like that. I mean, you've seen it with Alfred Morris coming mm-hmm. off the block, like a late-round pick or whatever, maybe an undrafted. I'm not really sure his situation but he was one of the first that Kyle Shanahan started, you know, coming into his own and basically saying, like, you give me anybody and I'm going to, you know, make this dude an all-pro running back. Is it the Tyron David Price? Yes. That's somebody you might want to keep your eye on. Just some of the highlights I've seen from him already, you know, in the NFL, just making, you know, dudes miss, you know, running after contact. So he his name might be their RB1 going forward. But like I mentioned, with San Francisco, you really never know. But keeping things in the same division – Rashad Penny for the Seattle Seahawks, number 31. I'm, I mean, they brought in DJ Dallas. Chris Carson obviously going to retire. Once they brought in Kenneth Walker, he's going to be there yeah, running back one at some RB1. point. But as we stand right now, it's Rashad Penny. So, I mean, you know, you got to go with it, I guess, with a grain of salt. Put him in there. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not a big Penny fan. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You've been on record for saying that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be much of a – contributing factor to the Seahawks offense this year when they might be needing uh, some key contributors, especially on offense. But anyways, number 30, a former NFC West running back, now moved over to the AFC East, Chase Edmonds for the Miami Dolphins, number 30. I wanted to put him a little bit higher, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's kind of similar where, like, Miami, like, uh, what's his name? Is it? Gaskin? No, no, no. 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 Who's their new head coach? Oh, uh God. Mike McDaniel or something like yeah, that. I don't it. really know. That's it. I might have butchered it. I don't know for sure, but he's the one that's like you know really like funny and all that stuff. He was Kyle Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan's run game coordinator for all these years. Yeah, I remember all them being. So he knows how to do kind of similar to what Shanahan does, just get you know a lot out of a little. And I think Edmonds is really talented. Some of the stuff he did last year in Arizona, whenever he was kind of you know filling in for James Conner, mm-hmm. just kind of you know splitting carries with them when they got off to that hot start. Chase Edmonds was running, like, I remember alluding to it on a, on a weekly review that we did last week or last year, 
that he was running like prime Ezekiel Elliott, just yeah. kind of that just jumped off the screen. Yeah, I remember during the first of the season, like you said, he was really he was really going off, and then it kind of died off a little bit towards the end. But I respect where you have him. But number twenty nine, it's kind of hard to put this guy somewhere because we really haven't seen a whole lot of him in the league, and that's Travis Etienne. Looking forward to seeing what he does this year. Obviously, year two, he's going to be featured a lot, you know, getting catches or balls thrown to him out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am looking forward to kind of seeing how he develops. This is basically his rookie year yeah. in the league. So, I mean, you know, it is I feel like they're going to use him a lot like Cam Robinson, like they do him. Just on a side Getting note, Trevor Lawrence looks fucking good. Yeah, he I does. I will say, that he's been making sharp. some throws. He looks confident. Looks there was sharp. one, he thread the needle just right over that defensive back, and you saw him, like, shaking his hand. I was mm -hmm. like, he's got his confidence he's back. He's grew like a little bit, man. I love seeing it. Trevor Lawrence, but number 28, Devin Singletary, another running back for the Buffalo Bills. He might get, you know, knocked off once we see what James Cook's all about. Obviously, they have Zach Moss as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Devin Singletary isn't somebody that's going to be getting, you know, prime running back one carries, but you could still put him in there. And you know, I was high on him coming out of college, but hasn't really panned out too deep well. Deep in the playoffs, they're going to really yeah, like this guy. Yeah, you definitely want a committee, you know, going, mm -hmm. you know, deep in the playoffs. But, but continuing here, number 27. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have Antonio Gibson for the commanders, but Ooh. I don't know if he's going to be their running back. I, I do think Robinson is going to eventually dethrone him what and you, be getting those RB1 What carries. do you think about that? Uh, I do totally agree with that. Um I think it's disrespectful. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, let's wait till you see who's next. Oh, God. Okay. Number 26, Damian Harris for the New England coming. Patriots. Um, we'll see. I mean, just kind of one of those similar situations where throughout his whole career, he's never been the lead back. You right. know, I mean, he was with Josh McDaniels mm -hmm. where it was mm -hmm. James White. Uh, who were some other ones that kind of – I mean, Ramon J. Stevenson last year. Yep, but Ramon. even years past, there's always been other running backs that have kind of just been, you know, penciling their way in there. And you can never really bank on one, but Damian Harris is the clear-cut number one. And, you know, Mac Jones is going to be leaning on him Def. next year. Uh, in his second season as quarterback, another quarterback going into his second season, Justin Fields, his running back, David Montgomery, comes in at number 25. I like David Montgomery, too, but man. it just hasn't been what I expected. I, I believe he came out of Iowa State, so I, yeah. see, I saw a lot of him uh, where uh, Brees Hall came from. Right. So, you know, they've always had, you know, really good running backs here in the Big 12. We've seen them year after year. I was expecting a lot out of him. Came out the same year as Devin Singletary. I drafted both of them in fantasy because I truly thought one of them was going to break out. I drafted them both high, like extremely high. And I was just like, I, th I think one of these guys is going to pan out. People laughed at me. You know, they're like drafting rookie running backs. I'm like, all right, just shut up. You know, one of them is going to fucking blow up, you right, know. Right, But uh, neither one of them has. So uh, I have not gotten the last laugh there. But another running back who um, was drafted pretty high, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of Kansas City, number 24. Phenomenal rookie season. Came out of the gates really, really hot on that season opening game. You know, everyone was, you know, running to get him in fantasy and all that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, definitely. Uh, Torched the shit out of us. He was in that dream situation coming off the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Tyree. Hill. Mm -hmm. They just had a very phenomenal offense around him. There's like, man, you know, anybody could play running back or they draft the one that was just coming off of a national championship victory with LSU. So it just seemed like a match made in heaven. And it just. 
I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should say he peaked too early in his career, but I mean, he hasn't necessarily been anything greater than what he was that you know first yeah, few he weeks. Does, of his it definitely hadn't been the same. But uh, Brees Hall, number 23, he's oh, been okay. looking pretty damn good as a rookie um, so far in preseason. And just, I mean, the Falcons had joint practices with the Jets this week, which, side note, the fucking Jets are, you know, thinking they're going to go to the fucking Super Bowl because they're kicking our ass in joint practices. I'm just like, word. Number one, I, <laughs> that's what somebody said. Like, somebody even said it on Twitter. They were like, uh, like all right. I'm all for, like, shitting on the Falcons. You know, I, I'm totally with it. You know, whenever they deserve it, you know, sign me up. But I'll be damned if we're going to let the fucking Jets act like they're going to go to the Super Bowl just because, you yeah, know, just, they're, they're doing good in some joint practices. Yeah, you know? they need to relax a little bit. Just, just chill out a little. Anyways, you know, we do play them no Monday shot. night. No so shots. the day this episode drops, we will definitely be uh, seeing what happens. But, you know, boom. Because they're, like, extremely deep, like, way deeper than us, I do expect them to win. You know, the third and fourth quarter, whenever our backups – like, their backups could be starters probably for us, you know. So it's kind of mm. just in some positions, especially on the defensive line. That's that's one area we're extremely weak. But number 22, coincidentally, is Cordero Patterson, where I have him coming in. Uh, phenomenal year last year. Red zone nightmare. Just if, if you were playing against him, you didn't want to see him in the red zone. Hell no. He's just phenomenal with the ball in his hands. Not a lot of running backs can uh, – you know, put their foot in the ground and get that north cut like him because he's such a good kick returner. You know, that's kind of where he made his money in the league. So making the transformation uh, to running back and, you know, being in Arthur Smith's offense has just been a match made in heaven. I do hope he, you know, blows up this year. Again, just because it's kind of a, a piece that nobody really talks about a whole lot. You know, right. when you're talking about our offense. And the quarterback switch, bringing in Drake London, you know, Calvin Ridley obviously way the hell out there, but Kyle Pitts being somebody that is going to be occupying a lot of the defense's attention, Patterson could be in for another pretty good season or at least, you know, another or at least be the threat that he was in the red zone. Another dude who was a red zone threat last year, James Conner from Arizona. He had like yeah. 10 touchdowns early in the season. I think he's going to have another good year. He's just got somebody hurt, that's – Yeah, he did. He got hurt, and yeah. that's whenever Edmonds really right, started right, kind right, of right. taking the rein there a little bit. But now Edmonds is gone. Uh, they do still have Connor there, and I expect he's going to be getting the bulk of the carries. So I'm, I have no problem putting him at uh, at number 21. Number 20, DeAndre Swift. He's somebody that could be a lot higher, just depending on you know what we get from him. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, uh, yeah. Deuce Staley, their running backs coach, they – has no shortage of confidence in what DeAndre Swift can be. I Think was really high on back. him coming out of UGA just because Georgia, you know, knocks out running backs, just pushes them out like a factory, you know, and he's talented as hell. Um, somebody that, you know, he did damn good in the first preseason game against us. Although mm -hmm. he only got one drive, we really couldn't stop him at all. I mean, the Lions have a damn good offensive line, but still, I mean, he's going to be running without O-line all season. So you know he's going to be in for a pretty big one if he could uh, Swift, reach man. his potential. Yeah, Love. for sure. Does everything for you. There is a fumbling issue, and that's that's pretty much the big concern. Number nineteen, Leonard Fournette, running back out of Tampa Bay. Uh, do you know that like he weighs a lot? I guess is the the story that's been going on this training camp is like he came in extremely heavy. But uh, I guess if, if anybody's going to make it work, it's him. I remember 2014, whenever I first got the job that I'm working at now, I started working there during the summer. Yeah. And it was whenever Leonard Fournette just graduated high school in 2014, and he was going to his freshman year at LSU oh, wearing number seven. Mm -hmm. And we watched, like, his whole career, obviously, going, like, number four overall. The Jaguars, it was just like, damn, you know. Like, Back then, he just looked like a grown-ass man, too, just yeah, like, playing around with kids. He was, he was one of those players that you knew could, you know, uh, 
maybe just play one year of college yeah. and go to the He league. already looked like an NFL player his first year. Number 18, somebody who's coming off of an injury but also a Super Bowl winning season, that's Cam Akers. I'm high on him, Florida State. I kind of wanted the Falcons to draft him whenever he was coming out, but you know what is what it is. I think he's going to be a damn good fit in Sean McVay's offense, you know, with Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. and all the other weapons they have. If he could stay healthy, he'll be a big piece of Achilles. Achilles, that's yeah. what it, it's hard to come back from, but anybody that can, it's Cam. Yeah, another guy who's dealing with injuries himself when he's coming back, Marlon Mack, number 17, Houston Texans. I don't know if he's going to start because the Texans have a running back. Is it Damian Pierce? I'm not really sure exactly what his name is. I think, I think you're on the side. I know his last name is right. Pierce, though, and they're they're literally shutting him down for the preseason because they know he's going to be their starter. That's like what I heard or something like that, or he's going to be definitely getting a lot of less preseason action because he's already pretty much got that spot completely wrapped up there in Houston. But we'll see. I, I put Marlon Mack here whenever I made this list that, uh, that he was their starter. So, obviously, this was before the preseason so we'll see kind of how things develop. Number 16, J.K. Dobbins from Baltimore. He was out last year as well, his rookie season. Mm-hmm. So now just the spot that he's in in such a run-heavy offense, it's like if we knew what we were getting from him, he would be like the unquestioned number one running back in fantasy just because, I mean, the, the threat the of offense. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and the offense, like you said, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just beautiful. And J.K. Dobbins is a damn good running back. That so helps. if he can stay healthy, I definitely want to see what he can do. Um, Can't wait to see it. One and I don't believe he was a rookie last. Was he a rookie yeah, last, last year? Last year he was okay. Yeah. Well, damn. wait, 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 wait. Maybe two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. Somebody who was a rookie last year though, Najee Harris, number fifteen Najee. for Pittsburgh. They ran his ass into the ground. They had dude. to. They're going to do the same thing this year with a rookie quarterback. <laughs> yep. So I mean, yep. he's going to get a lot of carries early in his career. Uh, that's just kind of the the formula with running backs. You draft them high in the first round, you definitely you know better get all the tread off those tires that you definitely can. Number fourteen, another rookie running back, Javante Williams. I know it's pretty crazy putting him ahead of Najee Harris, but I'm just my personal opinion. I'm higher on Javante Williams. It kind of reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb. Physical yeah, as hell. I can see that. I was high on him last year. If you remember in the draft process, mm-hmm. I did have Javante ahead. Of you, Najee yeah, you Harris. Did. Yeah, you did. But uh, number 13, somebody who I'm not really sure about. Whenever I made this list, I, I actually number 12 and number 13 are two guys who could very well find their way completely off this list because they both lost their starting spot. Number 13, Miles Sanders. Just talking to Joey in our conversation with him and even right. like off record, he's not higher. He doesn't have very high expectations for Miles Sanders in this year. I mean, mm. he's, he's higher on Kenneth Gainwell. It's one thing I've noticed. I forgot, yeah. So I did take that to effect there. Number 12, Josh Jacobs. I mean, he was getting a lot of carries in the Hall of Fame game. That's very telling. Uh, his name was kind of floated around as like a trade trade, mm-hmm. like a trade target maybe for somebody. And I don't know. We'll see if Josh McDaniels likes him from Josh Jacobs. But sometimes whenever new coaches come in there, man, talented players get pushed out the door. I saw it happen with a lot of players. So uh, Jacobs might be added to that list. But staying in the division, number 11, Los Angeles Chargers, Austin Eckler. He's just somebody that like, not only is a, like a damn good special teams player, which they don't even have him on special teams anymore because he's their running back one, but yep. that just shows the type of skill set he has where he can get those tough yards in between the tackles, a good weapon out of the backfield, but it's the pass blocking because that's the thing. Like Whenever it comes to being a running back, like it's easy as far as like like anybody who gets to this point, like if you get through college football and you get to the NFL, you can play, you know, you can, you can run 100. the football. So if you get behind an NFL offensive line, you should be able to, you know, read the holes and hit the holes. So as far as like what somebody can do with the ball in their hands, that's almost like, all right, cool. You know, we expect that. Yeah. yeah some are better than that's others. Your job. Some people are a lot more talented with the ball in their hands after the catch, all that good stuff. Facts. Obviously we're going to talk about some of those guys a little bit higher on the list. Yeah. 
But one thing that gets overlooked whenever you're looking at a running back is the pass protection because that's the thing that really comes into effect. Like if if I hate always going back to it, but like if Devontae Freeman was a good pass blocker, like and I know he, he has been good over the years, but there was one point in particular with Dante Hightower where he damn sure wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's such an overlooked like a tribute on a on a running back. It's something that I really value. Because I know that's what's going to get you on the field. You know, like, damn near anybody can run between the tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't, I don't want to say anybody, but whenever you're talking about running backs who get to the NFL at this level, you should be able to. You know, yeah. it's the pass blocking. Being able to do that is, is really what separates them. And I forgot where I've seen it at, but Austin Eckler is one of the best pass blockers in yeah. the game. He gets gritty for sure in there, without a doubt. But number 10, Ezekiel Elliott, he's good at that as well. He blocks downfield if his receivers get the ball. I mean, he's just somebody that – I was high on coming out, right? Like, I, I was really high on coming out or yeah, coming out of Ohio State. State, you know, and just his rookie year and everything he was. He's still a damn good running back. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I feel like he kind of took his foot off the gas yeah, a little bit. Like whatever he does off the field. I've heard some stuff from people who live in Dallas that literally he follows on Instagram. I don't know. You take it with a grain of salt. But it's like something I wouldn't want my running back doing, you know. So yeah. it's kind of yeah. just like, you know, it is what it is. But – Tony Pollard's there waiting in the wings if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't um, do what we all know he can do, but I do expect him to have a pretty good year this year. Um, now that Amari I mean, Cooper's gone, to. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I don't think his running back one spot, at least for this season, is in jeopardy unless Tony Pollard's just flat out outplaying him with limited touches or with, you know, getting less touches. But number nine, Saquon Barkley, running back out of New York. This is another dude that's been dealing with injuries extremely high potential drafted number two overall over a lot of very good players in that 2018 draft so i mean you know the clock's ticking on him to be a big part of that offense he was drafted to kind of compliment odell beckham and you know really make eli manning's latter years be a lot less i guess hectic because he has such a good running back should be facing you know stacked boxes where the secondary he's thrown into is you know a little bit lighter with wide receivers like odell beckham and sterling Shepard. right so now things look a lot different in New York and you could see uh, Saquon Barkley getting pushed out the door. It's just kind of one of those things. They get a new coach in Dayball. Does he value running backs like that? You know, I mean, in Buffalo, that wasn't the formula, you know, that he made, Mm -hmm. get it, got him to the AFC championship game and deep in the playoffs, having Josh Allen played an MVP level and obviously different rosters, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. He has Daniel Jones for crying out loud, you know, but (laughs) definitely going to have to, uh, to figure out Saquon Barkley, but without a doubt, top 10 running back, number nine uh, in my book, number eight, Joe Mixon out of Cincinnati, university of Oklahoma. I'm very high on Joe Mixon. I love what he does. He's never really gotten the attention that he deserves. You know, it is what it is, but you know, people who think he's going to like have some like crazy, good statistical year this season like are the same people predicting that joe burrow is going to lead the league in passing you know like you can't get both you know what is he this is the greatest show on turf here with marshall falk and freaking kurt warner like no that's not going (laughs) to happen you know so you have to give one thing up to get the other and i do feel like joe burrow is more likely to absolutely go off than them you know try to establish the run and be a run first team that's not how the Bengals are built that's not how their offensive line is built or at least the offensive line that we know so we'll see what happens it is a little bit tweaked but I mean, it's nothing wrong with being number eight, you know, on, yeah, on the running back list. So I don't want it to seem like a slight obvious. Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. You know, he's gone off for the Oklahoma Sooners on games. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's fucking good, you know. So it translates to the 
And if Thelen, I was hoping he would get a Super Bowl ring last year. Like, he was the player on the, on the Bengals, other yeah, than Ricardo close. Allen, who was on their team as well. But I, I was looking forward to, to Joe and seeing what he can do this year as well. But I love Joe Mixon. I love that you have him in top ten, too. He's, he's very deserving. De- de- Goddamn. But um, one thing I love about him, dude, is his swag. He's got that mentality of, like, I am I, I truly am better than you. Like, I love that in a player and in, in a person at all. And he'll knock your ass out. Dude, I love I love his, his, his toughness. Number seven, Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers. This is one that, I mean, I, I could have easily pushed him for sure below Joe Mixon. You could argue even below Austin Eckler, number 11. You know, there's places on this list where I've, it was tough putting McCaffrey in there, but I can't discredit what he can do when he's healthy. Yeah, you know, I've seen him get better over the years. Amazing. His rookie season, 2017, I saw him play in person with Cam Newton still there and I mean, that was before he actually blew – his rookie year, he had a lot of trouble running between the tackles. He did develop and was able to do that over the next couple of yep. years, obviously. Put, like, 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. He had a hell of a season in, like, 2019, I believe it was. But, I mean, we're, it's, that's how long it's been since he's been Christian McCaffrey, you know. It's been two seasons Injuries. now where he just hasn't been anything, hardly yep. ever on the field. Yep. So we'll see if he can, you know, make 22. I mean, it is, that's his jersey number, right, 22. So 22 should be a big year for him. If not, then <laughs> – I don't know, because somebody who I do think is going to have a pretty big year, Aaron Jones with the Green Bay Packers, number six. Because people are looking at the wide receivers and thinking, who's going to step up for Devontae Adams? Is it going to be Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson? They Mm -hmm. drafted uh, Romeo Daubs or Dubes. I don't know how to say his last name, but he makes plays. This dude is a beast. I tried to draft him in in an all-rookie fantasy draft last night. Wasn't able to, but... Man, uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, looking around with the pass catchers and not really focusing in on how big, like, what this can be for Aaron Jones. And maybe, obviously, Aaron Rodgers just signed a new contract. He's going to be there for a while. Definitely. But don't sleep on the, you know, the thought of their whole offense changing their identity and being more of like an Aaron Jones-led team, you know, where, I mean, I know that they're not going to, I mean, the Packers get a lot of primetime football games. You know, they're playing at that 425, 325 slot a lot. America's game of the week. So... In those situations, it's hard to think, yeah, they're going to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. You know, I doubt that. But still, I mean, I, I truly believe that a winning formula could be running through Aaron Jones, you know, A.J. Dillon kind of establishing that run. But obviously, Aaron Jones has definitely overlooked a lot in his career. You want to talk about players that put up Pro Bowl numbers but don't make the Pro Bowl? He definitely tops the list, in my personal opinion. But let's go ahead and get into the top five here. Dalvin top Cook, five. Minnesota. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota. He really burst onto the scene last year, maybe in the year before that, I believe it was. Just put up crazy numbers. I mean, he, he's literally from the same high school as Devontae Freeman, went to the same college at Florida State as Devontae Freeman, mm. and they've always kind of been, like, compared to each other. But I think at the NFL level, it's clear who's the better running back, and Dalvin Cook is somebody who you, just, you love his physicality, number one, contact balance, which we'll get into that with somebody else too. But Dalvin Cook is somebody that's very tough to bring down, can catch the ball out of the backfield, the, when we talk about somebody that can just hit a hole and just take a play of the distance, like a home run hitter, I guess yeah. you can say, it's hard to find a better one in the league right now than Dalvin Cook. I've seen him take like 50, 60, 70-yard runs yeah. where he damn near doesn't get touched. He just runs in a straight line, just running through because he knows how to make that cut. and just Every play you have to hit fear that, that burst. he, can, he yeah. can take it to the house. And I do believe he's wearing his college number now, number four again. So oh, you definitely uh, hope that you're going to get a – I guess rejuvenated Dalvin Cook and get some good stuff from him. Number four, Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints. This is the best contact balance running back in the entire league. He could be higher 
you know, it all depends on kind of how he's utilized in this new Saints offense because they're going to be looking a lot different too. They've always been more pass-heavy, but he was kind of that perfect running back in the Sean Payton offense, you know, where they catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, right. We've seen Reggie Bush do it, Pierre Thomas. The list goes on and mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara was somebody that just fit that like a glove and damn near better than anybody before him in the I Saints agree. offense. And he's somebody, I mean, he's from Atlanta. So we, I've heard about this dude for a long time going to Alabama then transferring to Tennessee, getting drafted – Wearing number forty one, you're like, what the fuck? Like number forty one is <laughs> like a, a star running back. Yeah, but now can you picture him in anything else? You know, like it's crazy. It's he's made that number forty one look actually like somewhat appealing, and that's just how you know like somebody's a badass. You know, right. like anybody could wear a badass number, a number in the twenties or a single digit number, but if you can take forty one and like sell thousands and thousands of jerseys because you're, you're that damn good, good <laughs> you're pretty good. Now there's obviously you know, a suspension that might happen. Not this I was year. Which, ask. Of course, these fuckers get lucky and he gets to play week one and mm-hmm. get to, you know, suit up for this whole season. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, push my suspension a whole year later. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if Alvin Kamara said, fucking, I'm retiring. Like, you're not going to fucking suspend me. You're going to fucking make me play another year. All right, cool. I'll fucking save all my money, all that stuff. I mean, who knows if that's going to happen, but it's just something that I kind of thought it was kind of bullshit. You yeah, know? that is kind of Of course, bullshit. you know, they've been, it takes them <laughs> eight months to figure out what they're going to do with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. You know, they can't even figure out. Alvin Kamara, I mean, just knocked somebody out or whatever at the Pro Bowl. I forgot exactly what happened. but He had drunk as hell at a bar and knocked him out. This might be where I raise some eyebrows, though, on the list. Number three, Derrick Henry. Oh. Now, I know what Derrick Henry is, right? I know that he's been literally running the ball like a first ballot Hall of Famer over the past couple of years. But I have been banging, or I guess standing on the table by saying that an inevitable regression is going to happen. Just naturally, you know, like running backs don't get older, run the ball like he runs the ball, and just continue to get better and better with age. Now, he's proven us wrong. Last year, the games that he was, you know, in, I guess, well, he, he played like half a season. He already had like a 1,000 yards or something like that. Right. Like it took forever for him to get caught, and he was out for like five weeks, and he still led the league in rushing. So last year, he was on pace to do even more. And, I mean, it's tough to just say, yeah, that's going to change, you know. Like, he's not going to be the the absolute monster of a running back that he's been over the past couple of years. But, I mean, at some point you have to think, like, like is he the best in the league, though? You know, just because he's still going to be an absolute monster. But look at it like this. Like, there were so many years where, like, Julio Jones was doing everything that he was doing as being, like, one of the best wide receivers in the league, you know, competing with Antonio Brown. But you know, like, that physical specimen that's – more athletic than anybody else can do anything that these wide receivers can do. You know, that didn't go away, but there's some young up and coming wide receivers that are just like, they're, they're creeping up into their prime and it's yeah. hard to ignore them. You know, ones that, you know, we're coming for that. We haven't seen the best of them yet. Whereas you've been on the top for a while. And once you get to the top, there's really only one place you can go. You know I mean? I've Ooh. seen that happen firsthand and with Derrick Henry, yeah, he's been on the top, but I look at the two guys that haven't come off the board yet. And I just truly think that we haven't seen the best of them yet. Now, was their peak going to be higher than Derrick Henry's peak? That's debatable, and I guess the jury's still out on it. But what I what I can say is, like right now in the like in the twenty twenty two season, I think that these next two guys might have a case for outplaying Derrick Henry. Number two, Jonathan Taylor, JT for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he could easily be number one. Yeah. You know, just from a pure runner. He has a lot of tre- or miles put on him though, like from what he did at the University of Wisconsin. And obviously just his rookie year just being a freak of nature. And then last year, like he had a, he made the case last year for being better than Derrick Henry. You know, yeah, he did he lead the league close. in rushing and mm-hmm. it became, you know, pretty like debatable. Damn shit, this dude get MVP. Like he's that fucking good. 
I think he's going he's gonna to be even better this year. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased to the Colts right now just because Matt Ryan and what he's going to do. But I've seen Matt Ryan with this type of team, like just not with the like the extent of like talent-wise, but with a good running back and a good offensive line. And he's like made the playoffs gone to the second round. So with like a great running back and a great offensive line, some good things could probably happen uh, with that offense. But I think without a doubt, the straw that stirs the drink is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Though. Yeah, no like, doubt. With, with, without Jonathan Taylor – the offense is going to be like middling. You know, yeah. that that's why I have such high expectations for the Colts is because of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, there were a lot of games last last season where he won the game for him. He yeah. carried the game. He carried the Colts on his back. So I expect nothing but the best this year because of that offensive line upgrade and the play of, of Matt Ryan. I think that's going to bolster his his talent too, just having a veteran player and just the, just the caliber that he is. And I think his game is going to be nothing but elevated this year. It's going to be scary. I agree. Scary times. I agree. So you know who number one is, right? I do know who number one is, but I'm exactly not on board with it. But let's, okay, let's, okay. Let's well, see, it is it. obviously, if you haven't figured it out, it is Nick Chubb. <laughs> Nick Chubb. Brown. This is the best pure running back in the entire NFL, old school. There was literally a clip that Caleb showed me the other day just of him walking out of practice or, like, walking to practice. And it was, like, their social media guy, and he, like, had his camera, and he was like, Hey, Nick, is there anything you want to say to the fans? And you just looked at him, he's like, Mm-mm. just shook his head, no. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You don't even want to say, like, hi or something? Like, and he just literally said no. No, nah, like, I'm good. It's just, it's just hilarious. I mean, I, I, love his I, I sat front dude. row at a Cleveland Browns game, and I watched Nick Chubb break a 92-yard run. I seen him do all this damage at the University of Georgia, and that's the thing about him is I know he had a you know pretty bad knee injury in college, but yeah. he's always been part of, like, a committee. That's what he's dealing with right now with Kareem Hunt. You know, he's always, like – saved himself so it's kind of like he doesn't have the damage that the other guys have and just whenever you look at the stats like if you talk about like purely yards per carry like nick chubb has so many less carries than these guys but he's up there with like with yardage you know so it's the yards per carry that's extremely phenomenal i mean do you know another guy that's gonna kneel the ball at the one yard line after breaking like 50 yards like that that killed some people in fantasy without a doubt. I, it didn't happen to me, but I know that there's some people. I mean, there's so many That's fantasy hilarious. leagues in the world that without I forgot a doubt, he did that. Somebody had to get screwed there, but I mean, put your money on Nick Chubb going ham to start the season, at least for the first eleven games, for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, he's going to be the big part of that offense. I'm not looking forward to playing him week four, but I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. And you know, with somebody who doesn't really have like high expectations for that game in particular, like yeah, obviously I want to win, but if we don't, I'm not going to be like. You know, like, I already know what it is. You know, I want to beat the Browns strictly because we haven't beaten them in so long. We haven't beaten them since 2010. And I think we we played them, like, three times since then. Like, before 2010, they beat us, like, for, like, it was, like, 10 years before that, too. Right, right, right. So they have our number, man. They really do. And it's just because, That makes Caleb feel good. It probably does, honestly. (laughs) But the thing that sucks, and it's definitely not any excuse, but it's, I mean, you could ask Caleb. He'll he'll attest to it. it. The years that we play them... Are always the years when we're just battered up. Playing like, well, 2018, we we were injury riddled like mm-hmm. crazy. But that's not an excuse, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't really look at that. We still have Matt Ryan. We still have Julio Jones. Right. We should have, you know, absolutely won that game. That was actually a thing. We were favorites in that game, and like we lost, and it was like pretty embarrassing because like our linebackers had come out and said that like oh, we overlooked them because they were the Browns or whatever. And I was, at that point, that's when I was like, all right, you deserve to lose. You know, if you're an NFL team overlooking another NFL team, especially knowing the history and, like, the fact that, hey, you're not that fucking good anyways, you know. So I was like, <laughs> definitely didn't like that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not looking forward to playing them week four because of Nick Chubb and what he's capable of doing, obviously, because some of the players they have on defense, fucking yeah. Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. to name one. But 
Either way, Nick Chubb, I feel like, is right now the best running back in the league, and I truly believe that. I, you know, I was on record saying it last year. It's not just because Caleb and, you know, the fact that I watch the Browns all the time. I, yeah. I wanted Nick Chubb to be a Falcon. I really fucking did. You've been on record. And, uh, yeah, I've been on record for hashtag Chubb for Chubb. So I definitely am uh, <laughs> have no problem putting him number one here Look, on the list. dude, I'm just one of the uh, – you know me. I'm low-hanging fruit, dog, and I, I love Derrick Henry. I think he is the guy. He is that enormous. He's that, that guy that you put aside that's like, yo, we, we grade the running backs, but beside him. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I get it, yeah. He's, he's the – Except for you yeah, know? yeah 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 that's exactly it. How did Pat McAfee phrase it with Julio all those? Yeah, times? that's what I was trying to think of, but I can't I can't remember. But he put it he put it perfect. Yeah, but that's kind of the you know the same thing. Obviously, he's that know. other. So I understand. I you know, Derrick Henry. You know that debate's kind of like, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. But you know? then, like both these guys, they both have. I mean. They are fantastic at it, but catching it at the backfield is not something that Nick you know. Chubb does. I, I need, I need, I need. No, it's not something that he does. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor does it all. That's who yeah. I'm expecting to jump both these guys and just you know take over for the league for a long time. He's going to be that guy that we're thinking is like, all right, when is he going to slow down? This is good. This is a guy that's got a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of a uh, a lot of growing and a lot of fucking running over to do, yeah. and, this, and he's going to do it. I agree, I agree. Well, I appreciate you guys for letting me break that list down, obviously. I, I've been sitting on that for a while. The more that I did, the more it was going to change. So I'm glad to finally just get that out, get that out on the, uh, I guess, internet or whatever, on the, the uh, Twitterverse, however you want to look at it. But, uh, Thomas, I do want to thank you for oh, joining yeah, us in studio, obviously. I mean, it was it was fun having you here for this conversation, coming along for the ride, kind of see how things are. You know, behind the scenes to yeah, see yeah. how much of a shit show it really is. You know, <laughs> it, uh, it's you know, it is what it is, but it's fun, obviously. And you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to talk about the commanders, just football in general. Obviously, whenever the off season comes around, we start doing all the pre draft stuff. Mm -hmm. Feel free. But uh, any shout outs, any plugs, anything you want to say before we sign off? Um, still gonna be repping uh, the HTTR. And oh, hell okay. to the Redskins. Hell yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That's what's up. What about the Lakers though? I mean, I know obviously you're a big Lakers fan. How are you feeling about them going into the season? Um, I mean, it's very, it's like, um, we're either at the very top or at the very bottom, whenever right in the middle. You're never so, just right there where you can just have expectations. Like, you know, we're going to make a playoff run. Like, no, we're either going to win the finals or miss the playoffs. It's kind of one of those. You said Lakers, right? Yeah. Man, it was, it's just, I don't think, I don't think LeBron's staying for, because he signed the two year, right? Two, year, yeah, two yeah, years. Sure. So that, that's questionable already. But wasn't it with the plans to get Kyrie or wasn't it something? That's what somebody uh, told me. I thought it was the plans to play with his sons. Yeah, because uh, his so he's has a player option on, right in twenty twenty four, and that's, that's Bronny's draft year. Hmm. So that's what it so wherever his son gets drafted to, expect LeBron James to be there. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But other than that, other than that, did you catch the fights yesterday? Did you catch? Did you see those? I did. No. I was definitely rooting for Usman. Wasn't there know? some blood and someone kissing someone or oh, something? Yeah, That's, Luke, I saw that video. Luke in uh, in uh, Acosta. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. That was what bloodshed everywhere. Some knockouts, though, right? Wasn't there like a crazy comeback? Or yeah, something like that? Leon Edwards yeah. with the comeback, man. It was uh, the fight was amazing because Camaro. Th there's been this thing where I I've just a, just as a fighter fan, um, a fan of champions. Um, other than like the women's, the guys when they're champions, it seems like they lay back a little bit and just let the the opponent, you know, kind of impale his will a little bit and him just absorbing the blows a little bit and then coming alive towards the end of the fights. 
that's kind of what I have noticed a little bit. I'm not a big UFC. I mean, I, I love the UFC, but I'm just not, you know, like yeah. an analyst or evaluator or anything like that. But Kamaru Usman is that guy that you know he's he's fighting the whole time. He's 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 pressuring you the whole damn fight, and Leon took it. He was he was an underdog. He was losing the fight. The fight was already won, bro. This was, I mean, Leon did have a couple takedowns. I think he had two, but um, Kamaru just started just started working him. Takedowns, body, face. Then that that vicious head kick. He disguised it with the left hook or left uh, straight. Came with the left uh, high kick to the face, bro. Knocked him clean out. And <laughs> I did not expect that. It oh, dude, it was so wild. The whole card was badass, but that point right there just. Nailed it in the coffin. Oh, yeah, I love it. But obviously, we will go ahead and put a pin on this one. One thing I do want to say, this episode it might come out, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning. Hopefully, you listen to it on Monday, though. Monday is Kevin's birthday, though. So, happy birthday Kevin. to Kevin. Happy birthday, Friend bro. of the show. We do need to get him on to talk about the Texans. Definitely. Because, they're, you know, I saw some Derek Stingley stuff where he looked pretty damn good, too. And, obviously, you know, Texans are a completely new-look team just going forward. So, I want to get his opinions on it. But... I do want to thank the listeners, obviously, for tuning into this episode. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for picking this podcast. Hopefully you will come back and continue with us through the preseason, the regular season, um, just throughout this entire ride throughout the 2022 season. It's definitely going to be pretty fun. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine, and hopefully you will continue to do so. We definitely appreciate it. If you feel like supporting the show, go subscribe on Patreon. Get you an ad-free experience. It's definitely a better experience than listening with the ads. And also, like I said, it supports the show. You can also go follow us on Instagram, uh, football underscore function. Leave a five-star rating on any of your podcast app that you listen to. Maybe even leave a, re- a review, all that good stuff. But the, honestly, the best way you could help the show is by telling a friend. By, uh, you know, telling somebody who you know likes football or might like the commanders for this particular episode, might yes, like sir. the running back position. Or just, you know, like football in general and you just want to say, hey, you know, you should listen to this podcast. It's a growing podcast. And uh, who knows, they might actually enjoy it. We can gain another listener because that's really all we're trying to do here. Much appreciated. To to build a following. But yeah, like Terry said, much appreciated. Hope you guys all have a damn good week. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. And I'll talk to you soon.